0: Telling stories from the EGA Clubhouse.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the EGA's podcast, Telling Stories from the Clubhouse. I am Giselle Garbingera from the EGA's Collective and also Quality Lead at Plint. Today I have here Haisa Duboc and Gabi Pelicia. They are the recipients of the EGA's first fellowship opportunity, and we will be talking to them about their journey and about what they what's going to happen when they are here with their fellowship. Um, hi, Raisa. Hi, Gabi. How are you? Uh, I am good. How are you? Great, great. Haisa, uh, do you want to start? Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into this business, your interest. Um, let yeah, us know sure. a little bit.
0: Okay, so my name is Raissa. I'm Brazilian. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree in law, but I never worked as a lawyer. Um, I've always loved learning languages. So after I learned English, I also learned German, French, and uh, it's a passion of mine. Uh, When I was, I think, around 15 years old, I went to the U.S. and I spent a semester there i went to high school and all and that was very good for my english so when i came back i started tutoring english so i my professional background is totally linked uh, to languages Uh, language learning teaching translating (laughs) proofreading so i used to be uh, an english teacher and then i was a german teacher for a while and After a while, after I had graduated from uh, the university, I decided that I didn't know what to do. (laughs) So (laughs) I kind of, I even talked about it a little bit before, but I kind of Googled, like, what can I do? I know English and I know Portuguese. What to do? (laughs) And uh, some localization and translation gigs came up. And I decided that was something I was willing to try. I tried, uh, I liked it a lot and I decided that that's what I wanted to do. So um, I enrolled in a program, a certificate program. Um, I did this, this course, it was like a year, a year and a half course. After that, I came to Portugal uh, and started my master's in translation and linguistic services. Uh, I still haven't finished it, but I still have to, to write my thesis, but uh, I've done all the, the, the lessons, the classes, everything, and yeah, I think that's it. I'm a full-time translator and proofreader and linguist, and yeah.
1: Wow, um, I mean, you sound like you have so much experience, but for those who don't know, Heisa is very young. (laughs) So I don't know how you managed to squeeze all that in your, yeah, I'm sorry, young, but very experienced life. So that is amazing. Lots of energy. And you do a lot of, um, in the entertainment uh, business, you do translations and also, but also a lot of subtitling. Uh, do you also do dubbing translations or?
0: No, I've never done. It's something that I'm interested in. Um, so maybe in the future I take some courses, but at the time, subtitling is the main thing I work with. I also work uh, with uh, technical translations, sometimes related to law, this kind of thing, marketing, IT. Uh, but the, the my main uh, source of like uh, work right now, at the moment, is subtitling, translation, and proofreading for subtitling.
1: Perfect. Um, I think also your your law experience brings a lot of um, uh, knowledge into this field. I'm sure when you have to translate and subtitle shows that are, you know, have all that legal background, which there's always yeah, for a sure. lot of those. So that's great. Well,
0: it makes a lot of difference.
1: Yes, yes, totally. So n- very nice to have you. So glad you're one of the Thank fellows you. for this uh, this opportunity. And we also have uh, Gabi. Gabi, tell us a little bit about you
2: and your journey. Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you. And Haisa. I'm Gabi. I am a dubbing actor, dubbing director. Um, I was born in Argentina but i was raised in brazil i moved there when i was a little baby so i grew up with uh, spanish and portuguese in my house and that's when i understood um there are many languages (laughs) in the world and um at home i spoke spanish with my family and at school i spoke i used to speak portuguese with my friends and um, at first, I had uh, accent. I had uh, I had a Spanish accent uh, because I my first my mother tongue is Spanish, and then I had my head all uh,
1: confused.
2: Uh, I confused, imagine. yes. Yes. So um, I was very shy, and I stopped talking. oh no yeah Yeah, it's funny because now my work is to talk and to dub but I stopped talking um and so the school principal suggested that I started studying acting and I started and I never stopped (laughs) and now I have a BA in drama and a specialization in dubbing but I started when I was very young because I didn't want to talk because I was too shy yeah Yeah.
1: I guess you 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 needed that time to that silence to to digest it and absorb it all and then come out you know as as, as this
2: person that you are that's amazing yeah that's how I started um in the acting world And um, I wanted to be an actor, a stage and screen actor. I had never heard about dubbing or voice acting until I was around 23 years old. Uh, I, I, I never thought about dubbing as a possibility. For me, yeah. And well, I entered the localization industry because I was taking one of the several acting courses I've taken. And a classmate told me that there was a dubbing studio looking for new actors. And I sent them an email asking for an opportunity. <laughs> and they rejected me because I had no experience uh, with dubbing. I was just an actress. Um, but I kept insisting until they let me go there and watch the recording sessions and i fell in love with it uh, uh when i saw it i said i said i i thought i need to do it i need to do this i loved it and then well i started to study and to practice a lot um and yeah my 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 schedule my working schedule was organized around uh, the dubbing uh, courses. And then when I started to have some gigs, my whole life was organized uh, around these recording gigs. Um, And then as time went by, I started to have more and more recordings until the moment I had the courage to leave all my full-time jobs and, and leave off dubbing. And with this big step came the possibility to start directing and performing quality control and then, well, everything I've done so far. But yeah, um, it was uh, yeah, it was love at first sight. That's so great to
1: hear, and I think it's it's a common thread amongst a lot of people who are in this business. I feel we're very lucky that we get to localize such fun stuff, you know, all yeah. these videos and shows and um, I I'm, I'm with you the same way I, I'm passionate about what I do I love that we are in this business uh, there are so many other different translation venues but translation for entertainment is uh, is really fantastic and and how do you feel about the um, you mentioned that when you Found out about dubbing, it opened up this whole new passion. How do you see that differently from the acting, uh, and and you know the dubbing process in terms of your investment or your personal, what you get out of it? What made my what made it so fascinating for you?
2: Um, uh, a lot of things, but I think the main the main. People usually think that dubbing is only like um, to dub mouth movements or words, and actually, this is the last thing we we are worried about when we are dubbing. When we dub, we we dub eyes, facial expressions, bodies, intentions, subtext. Um, the hierarchy of our character in the scene is really a, a actor's uh, job, but with the with this actor being generous enough not to try to change what the original actor wanted to do or, or his original intention, mm-hmm. um, we need to follow the original intent, being generous enough to convey what this actor who uh, rehearsed and thought about this character did with naturalness, with true, with truth, and with uh, as honestly as we can, um, this little line, this fine line between what we want to do and what the original actor did is what is so beautiful uh, for me uh, to, yeah. to have this umbilical cord uh, to the actor on screen and um, and be one with this yeah. character at this time is beautiful it's like a a, voice, a dance <gasps>
1: that's wonderful you make it sound so poetic i love it and it <laughs> it really is and i think subtitling as well i know i i I've seen also some of uh, Haïsa's uh, work, and you know, you have to be creative in the translation, but you also have to uh, 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 be in tune with the original and make yeah. sure you're respecting the the initial intents and the creative intent of everybody who worked on the show. So it is. Yeah, we are uh, not
2: here to change or to do what we think it's, it's best, but to to respect it and to convey it uh, the best we can. To, to, to the target language.
0: I love how you said it's a waltz. It's like a <laughs> dance because there are, we, it's, it, it's really about that. We we're not only con- conducting or following, we kind of have to, like you said, respect the original intent. And also we are uh, in a way allowed to be creative. Uh, which is amazing because in order to transmit the idea, that the original idea, you have to be creative because Mm -hmm. you have to to transmit it uh, in a way that uh, everyone who's going to see your work, read, listen to your work, um, in a way that they can understand the original intent. And the the creative part, to me, like uh, working in the entertainment uh translation business to me it's so amazing because i went to law school it wasn't very creative (laughs) and i thought i always thought my whole life i thought i wasn't creative i always thought that i'm like i'm not creative i'm not funny i don't know i can't think of jokes of anything and when i started working uh with translation and proofreading I kind of found out that I had some creativity that was kind of dormant inside of me. And now I get to explore it. And it's it, it's really something.
1: That is wonderful. And on top of all this creativity, you do it in another language for a different culture and you still have all the technical limitations. So it takes a lot of skills. And um, I applaud you both. And I also can clearly see why both of you were selected for this fellowship. Because of your backgrounds, because of all your experience, at, but I think mostly because of your passion, I can tell in just these few minutes speaking to to both of you that it um, is huge for the work you do and how you're proud of it, and uh, you should be because it is uh, it is about, you know, bringing making the best out of the localization to be able to share these wonderful stories with with the whole world and with the cultures you both, um, share this into be it Spanish or, or Portuguese and maybe even into English. So this is uh, fantastic. And just to tell a little bit about this um, fellowship. So this is a fellowship that is sponsored by Ayuno, which is uh, one of the um, you know, uh, major um, players in this industry and in the globalization and localization industry and entertainment. And uh, so for the past, let's say, about a year, I know you, Haisa, and Gabby have been meeting with a few people to to learn a little bit about the industry and uh, different parts of it. Um, and then you'll be here in November, the end of November, where I know we have a couple of, of uh, little get togethers, which will be fun to meet in person, and finally. And uh, yeah, right. And I know um, for our EGA members, um, please do join us. I know there's an event on um, Monday, the 28th, and you can find all this on the EGA website under the events, but there's an EGA, uh, an event for the collective. And then there's going to be, I think, a holiday event that same week. So everyone can meet um, Gabby and Haissa in, in person as well. Um, and then that week, I guess you will probably be talking with other, uh, creators or maybe content, you know, developers or, or or people who are in this industry while you're here in LA. I'm sure, I don't know if you have all the details yet, but I'm sure pretty soon, um, more will be shared. What have you been, um, have you been getting from some of these things that you've been having, um, virtually so far, like. What have you learned about the business that you think might carry on to what you're doing or maybe giving you ideas to work on something different?
0: Well, I feel like to me uh, personally, uh, I, I really like the sense of community that I get when I talk to other people in the business, because I'm a freelance translator. I'm a freelance linguist. So I work from home. I don't go out much. I don't have contact with humans. And um, so sometimes we do feel a bit lonely in what we do. And if we see something that's happening in the industry and we find it unfair and we don't agree with it, it's really hard when you're walking this journey alone. So I feel that this sense of community... The sense that we can and we should uh, join forces and work towards a better uh, future for us, uh, better conditions, working conditions, and everything. That's something that uh, just kind of fuels me. And now that uh, we've had uh, some meetings, we've learned a lot about other uh, parts of this industry of uh, like, how can I say it? Like many burdens, I don't know, like many branches, right? Yeah. So it's, and it's so interesting. Like the way I see Gabby talking about, uh, dubbing, I feel like doing that myself. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so fun. I think I've learned so much so far and I hope to learn even more. And I think we are going to learn more. And this is like the, the, the fellowship may last a year. But the bonds we've, we've shared, the connections we've made, they are going to last forever and we can do whatever with it. We can uh, just make the best out of it and try to share it with other professionals and people who may want to be part of this business as well.
2: Yeah, I, I used to say to people, um, yeah, I'm learning that we are part of something bigger, <laughs> We are because, uh, as freelancers, we, I we are just a tiny part of the whole process, uh, and usually, uh, the part which only receives the material and the deadline. We don't know anything other than uh, what we should we work on and when to deliver it. So, um, being able to be part of this fellowship. It's been it's been great um I mean there are people whose jobs are to negotiate the rates we receive. We had a meeting uh, a few months ago with a person who was talking to us about negotiating with clients and all of this um part of this part of the the, the business or the the process that we don't know and yeah I I thought to myself like, yeah, I've always wondered why is this gig paying me less than the <laughs> other one if it's the yeah. same client and I never know because we never know what happens before the material comes to our hands. So getting to know the whole ecosystem also helps us to have more tools to fight for better working conditions, Um, but but we need to know the industry and as Aisa said, we are at home, (laughs) we we are working the whole day. Uh, um, So, well, that's another great insight I had from this um, past year and this fellowship that it can sound pretty obvious, but that I can think about my career. I can be strategic and I can have goals. I mean, when we are in the middle of the ocean of deadlines, clients, quotes, recording sessions, castings, it can be very overwhelming and we can lose our focus. Um, And many times I I, I feel like I don't have time to do anything other than work. I don't have time to study, to uh, get together with other um, peers, uh, to talk about what we are doing, how we are doing things. Um, And this fellowship, has shown me that um, if I want to, to be in this industry for a long time, I do need to be strategic. Um, we had some meetings with Chris Fettner uh, at the beginning of the program, and he brought to the table the idea of personal branding, um, that we can look for clients whose values, and I add budget, <laughs> are aligned to ours. Um, because up to that meeting, for example, um, for me being a freelancer meant work, 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 because I'm always afraid of not having work, not having money, but that doesn't take us to where we want to be as a, a workforce, as, as an industry. We need to stop and think about our conditions, um, the quality we deliver, what we need to deliver better quality and, as there is no such uh, school of freelancers, no one teaches you how to be a freelancer. It's very hard when you are alone. So the fellowship has been great. I've been learning a lot about subtitling, for example, with Haissa. I have no idea. And we are both localizing, so we should have more communication. Absolutely. And that's why...
1: Yeah, and that's why all these opportunities are so important. And it is up to each one to, to get yourself out there, you know, participate, join associations, join different, your, your local uh, meetups that have to do with localization, look for these uh, conferences, you know, there's local conferences, individual, uh, international conferences. There are so many opportunities and they're all, I think the main thing that you gain from them is inspiration. Mm -hmm. is broadening your horizons like you're saying you're learning about a a different side of the industry but they're still very connected to each other so and I've learned also in this industry is that even though it's big and it's international and it's global it's small in the sense that it's a lot of the same people that keep you know switching branches and switching um venues and once they're the client in a couple of years they're the vendor in another year they're the freelancer and and I think that's just added experience for whoever is doing all that cross training so it's valuable personally and it's valuable for the company that that has that person with all that experience joining them so um, I mean I've been in this industry probably a little bit longer than you guys (laughs) you're both young but already super experienced and super passionate so I'm sure there's a a bright very bright future brighter because you already have a a bright future but brighter future ahead for both of you and just to wrap it up because we are kind of gone over time but it's so much fun I don't want to end this Uh, just very quickly, do you, at this point, and you, of course, I'm sure you're going to be learning more, especially when you're here maybe in November and you get to meet other parts of the industry. Um, do you think you're going to stick to where you are right now? Or do you have plans of, of branching out and experiencing other parts of the industry?
0: Well, um, to me, I feel like I might one day want to have my own localization firm, and I might want to offer specific like Brazilian Portuguese services because uh, Brazil is such a big country and um, I think it would be nice to have uh, like a source of great freelance translators and since I'm a, a linguist myself I can only attest to Uh, Brazilian Portuguese linguists. So I can't say, I can't really judge other linguists on their work. Um, So I'd like to be able to one day maybe offer uh, the very best uh, service that we can uh, when it comes to Brazilian Portuguese, uh, translating, proofreading, uh, quality assurance, all of that. And for now, what i've been doing that i think the the fellowship helped me a lot is that uh i've been more i've been trusting more in my own uh experience in my knowledge i've uh i'm trying to get into my head that even though i'm a freelancer in a huge industry i am not just one more person i'm not just a tiny fraction of it that i'm important and that i'm valuable and I want to show my value and then also read, <laughs> you write, uh, the, the, everything that I can from this. And and yeah, I think that's it.
1: Wonderful. I'll, I'll be watching your journey for sure. Lots of good things to come. <clears throat> and what
2: about you, Gabby? Well, I'd love to to start in the audio description universe. I, I haven't worked with audio description yet. So I would love to take some classes and start trying this branch of the localization. And also, um, I would love to keep performing quality control. Uh, I, I It's one of the things I like the most. <laughs> um, to, to perform quality control, um, and with all the technological advancements and the cloud dubbing and the, the all the changes that pandemic has brought also, um, I think we do need to, to, to keep, um, a rigorous quality control to, to keep raising the bar on quality, um, and well, and to, to keep, uh, Accompany, accompanying the changes and the positive changes regarding accessibility, inclusion, always to try to questioning stereotypes and all of this that our our industry is so uh, in front, uh, so um, advanced in these issues.
1: I agree. I, I agree. Can- we yeah, we have a, a great platform um, in our hands for for change so Mm -hmm. it's it's good that i i think we are part of a progressive industry so i'm i'm very proud of that and
0: and yeah because language is always evolving and changing and society as well so we have to be part of this change and just try to 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 make our contribution to it i agree
1: i absolutely agree Oh, my goodness. Uh, like I said, we could uh, go on probably for another half an hour here. But unfortunately, we will have to end this today. But for everybody who's hearing us, um, please check the EGA ups- uh, website. If you are local to L.A., uh, you can join the couple of events that a few events that will be happening when Haisa and Gabby are here in the end of November and get to meet these two great people members of our industry so happy that I got to talk to you today thank you You so much for your time
0: thank you thank you for the opportunity it was great it
1: was great thank you of course thank you and thank you to all our listeners thank you so much bye
0: join us next time when we share more stories about elevating the art and science of global storytelling